Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about complex regional pain syndrome, which is a uh, quite a disabling uh, disorder, and uh, we're going to really take this piece by piece. We're going to talk about some of the signs and symptoms, and we're going to talk about how to treat it and manage it. But before we do that, I'd like to just take a few moments and hear a word from our sponsor. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. Visit EasyGliderSocks.com. Welcome back. So today we talk about complex regional pain syndrome. And the first thing I'm going to say is that this is not going to be an easy topic to discuss. Um, It can become very, very complicated, but I'm going to try to simplify it as much as possible because really there are specialists that just deal with complex regional pain syndrome. There is a lot to it. But for us medical providers who are the the first line of of management for many injuries, um, it doesn't matter if you're a PA, FNP, you're an athletic trainer, physical therapist, occupational therapist, strength and conditioning coach, any of these folks who have access to people who have injuries um, really need to be able to recognize what complex regional pain syndrome is and understand the importance of early management. All right. So this is a this is one of these complications that that can be life altering and can cause chronic pain to a person the rest of their life. It can be very very disabling and, and take them out of work. They can have major dis- depressive disorders because of this and just total loss of function. So it's very important that you kind of recognize what it is. Now, some of you may not be familiar with complex regional pain syndrome. If you're a little older like I am, uh, the more common term in the past was RSD or reflex sympathetic dystrophy. Um, And so, you know, without getting too technical, I'm going to try to explain what complex regional pain syndrome is and hopefully make this easier to understand. So the first thing I want to talk about is that there are are basically two types of complex regional pain. The first type, which it was kind of always used as, as reflex sympathetic dystrophy. It's always been called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. This type usually occurs after some sort of an illness or an injury that does not affect the nerve in the peripheral aspect of your body, like an affected limb or something like that. About 90% of the people with complex regional pain syndrome have this type 1. This type is more likely to respond to conservative management and get better, and sometimes even just kind of get better on its own over time, um, not really as severe as type 2. And type 2 is a lot rarer, um, and but usually caused when there's some sort of damage to a peripheral nerve. Now, in my experience, I've probably seen 
15 to 20 people with complex regional pain syndrome. And it is extremely common to see a crush injury, not just some sort of a hit or something like that, but you know, a hand that is crushed between a keg and the floor or a foot that has been crushed um, when it was driven over by a forklift or a hand that is crushed maybe um, between a, a forklift fork and a pallet. You know, it's, it seems to be more common with crush injuries but not always the case. It can happen post-surgically. It can happen um, uh, just from a, a mild injury, uh, but usually a type 2 um, is affected mostly because the nerve has been uh, can, compressed and injured. So uh, this here will uh, also give you the most disabling type of uh, complex regional pain. Usually you see complex regional pain syndrome in the foot or uh, ankle and the hand. I have seen it in the knee on occasion, um, very rare in the shoulder and uh, elbow, but these are all areas where you can have this. So what are some of the signs and symptoms and who are the people who are more apt to get complex regional pain syndrome? Well, what is it, first of all? It's, it's very complex to try to understand um, the nervous system and how it functions when you develop complex regional pain syndrome. But this is what patients present like. They have this injury and they have this disproportionate amount of pain for the injury that they sustained, okay? So you see these people, that they have an ankle sprain. Most of them get better 99% of the time. They, they will improve with physical therapy. They'll improve with some orthopedic consult and, and maybe medication, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. But on occasion, and I've seen this, people develop complex regional pain and you, you touch the foot. It is super, super sensitive. Um, they can't move it. It's painful all over. And, uh, it's just an unusual presentation, but the, the thing that you need to recognize here, and this is probably the most common thing with complex regional pain is that there is a disproportionate amount of pain, um, for that particular injury. So they're very, very hypersensitive to touch and especially real hypersensitive to cold, you may put ice on them after they're done their, their treatment the first time, and they're going to say, ah, oh, this is burning really, really badly. I can't take this. Um, that is very common with complex regional pain. The other thing you're going to notice is usually some sort of a flexed positioning of the, of the uh, extremities. Uh, in the hand, the wrist will be flexed a little bit. The fingers will be in this general flexed position, sometimes almost closed, um, and it's very hard hard to extend. The wrist joint, the ankle joint will be very uh, uncomfortable. Uh, and uh, the, the foot will be in kind of a plantar flex position at rest, uh, more so than the other side. There's often uh, an unusual amount of swelling in the hand or the foot. And um, it's not just the interstitial swelling at the area of injury, but throughout the whole area. And that's a kind of a giveaway also. And oftentimes, you'll see some uh, hyperhidrosis or an unusual amount of sweating uh, in the foot or hand or extremity that has been injured. That's also quite common when it comes to um, uh, complex regional pain. The other thing you'll notice is some skin discoloration. You'll see some redness, sometimes bluish color. Uh, and very oftentimes, the skin will be a mottled. You'll see like these little circular patterns in the skin that look very unusual. And um, as far as diagnostic testing goes, there's really not a lot of great diagnostic testing out there that can uh, identify complex regional pain syndrome. But there are findings with diagnostic testing that can indicate 
complex regional pain. So if you do an x-ray on somebody with complex regional pain who's had it for a while and some chronic discomfort, um, they can uh, demonstrate some demineralization of the bone and uh, breakdown. Sometimes they will, they will stress fracture real easy. And um, we've seen that bony structure become really, really weak. Part of it is because they're not moving it. They're not bearing any weight on it. And, um, and therefore, it just becomes weak, uh, you know, due to uh, Wolf's Law and inappropriate vascularity to the area because the, the neurovascular system just gets totally thrown off here. Um, something from my experience that you probably should know about is that um, I find that there is also a very, very uh, common incidence with um, some sort of psychological stressors or distress that contributes to people who have um, complex regional pain or RSD. Um, you know, something like a, a recent divorce or a loss of a loved one, uh, financial distress or employment issues. There's some sort of uh, major traumatic stressful episode that happens that is very, very common with people with complex regional pain syndrome. So, one would have to wonder if you didn't have these stressors and you had the perfect life and you had a crush injury to the nerve, would you develop complex regional pain syndrome? And that I don't have the answer to, but I do know this, that 95 to 99% of the patients that I've seen with complex regional pain have had something traumatic happen to them that has caused psycholo psychological distress. Um, so with all of those things in mind, um, you know, the clinical exam is really the most important thing. And if you start to even suspect that somebody has complex regional pain, you've got to get on this and you've got to manage it. Okay. And this is what I like to do to manage and treat complex regional pain syndrome. Number one, get a medical team together. Now you don't need to write all this stuff down because I'm going to put all of the, all of these notes into my show notes today. So you can just download that um, and have it for yourself because I think this is important to have hung up at your desk. You may see one of these a year. You may see one every five years, but when you see it, you should know what to do with it. Number one, to treat this, you get a medical team together. You cannot treat this alone. So you get the PCP involved. Uh, a physiatrist is always great to have on board when treating complex regional pain. Um, and I, I'll also call it CRAPS, C-R-P-S, just it's short and easy and quick. Um, you need a psychologist involved here uh, and somebody who uh, works especially with chronic pain syndromes. Uh, you'll want a physical therapist, occupational therapist uh, working with this person because you ultimately want to start to gain some motion, do some retrograde massage. And I'll talk about some treatment techniques here in just a little bit. And then I love to have an interventional pain specialist involved because sometimes, you know, like a, a ganglion nerve block can be very helpful in decreasing the pain so that the therapist can actually start to regain a functional movement pattern. And functional movement is super important, okay? Um, number two, do not be too aggressive treating patients with complex regional pain syndrome. This could flare them up and it can just blow up in your face. This can make them significantly worse. So don't think that pushing through it is better. Usually with complex regional pain, less is better. Okay. And so go at it easy when you start moving them and starting to regain function and starting a PT or OT program. Okay. Number three, develop a goal oriented program because I'm going to throw this into number four, which is always be positive with your craps patients. Okay. Because this positive feedback is super, super important in regaining 
um, good function and a good positive outlook. So develop a goal-oriented program so that they can achieve. And it doesn't need to be a lot, okay? It doesn't, if they've had an ankle sprain and it developed craps and they, um, their goal is to get back to running, don't make that goal in two weeks, okay? If somebody has complex regional pain, it could take them six months to get back. Um, make the goal like a gain of two degrees, or maybe their ability to put a compression um, uh, stocking on independently and make it so that they can achieve something in a reasonable amount of time so that that positive feedback will also help their recovery. Okay. Number five, you can always use over the counter pain relievers, ibuprofen, Tylenol, those types of things. Those work well. Um, but I find that People who have full-blown chronic pain and uh, complex regional pain do uh, better with number six, antidepressants and anticonvulsants, okay? So, um, you know, things like amitriptyline, trazodone, those types of things will help them sleep better. What we do know with any type of painful situation, but more so with CRPS, is that if they sleep better, they recover a lot faster, okay? Because interrupted sleep is part of this whole psychological process that interrupts that good healing pattern, all right? And then uh, things like gabapentin, Neurontin also are very helpful with uh, nerve-related pain like this. And so getting onto a regime uh, of that can be helpful if there are no contraindications to doing that. That's where, uh, you know, having your physiatrist, interventional pain, uh, management uh, physician and uh, PCP is so important uh, and, uh, you know, to, to kind of control and monitor this on a regular basis. Um, number seven, you can use a TENS unit. TENS has been found to be helpful in decreasing pain so that they can slowly start to increase their function. They could just do a little bit more during the day. And, and if that means they're able to, um, you know, comb their hair for the first time in a long time. That is a, that is a goal that's achievable and that's a positive thing. So that's important. A mirror therapy can also be helpful. And that's been found to uh, also help just kind of retrain your brain to think of something else rather than just pain. It also helps to retrain your brain to identify what good function is. So you're basically um, utilizing that good arm your brain thinks it's the opposite arm and there's some carryover there and uh, that can be helpful. So I would, I would definitely throw that into the picture. It's not invasive. It's not a painful procedure and people seem to really do well with that. Um, they get to be pretty encouraged with that. Now, number nine, I like to do retrograde massage. Very, very gentle massage. I don't do any trigger point therapy. I try to basically milk that fluid out of the joint back proximally um, toward the core. And I do it very, very gently. So not only are we trying to get rid of swelling, but we're trying to desensitize the structure a little bit. Okay. And number um, 10, uh, I like to uh, also do like a functional progression into some sort of a functional activity. So not just trying to lift weights or just do wrist extension, wrist flexion, or plantar flexion, dorsiflexion. I try to add some sort of functional component um, because that helps to just retrain the brain a little bit better to get back into some sort of a normal pattern, okay? Number 11, I'm big on this, um, stress loading techniques. So people with complex regional pain respond well with light traction of the extremity 
and light compression to the extremity. So, you know, making sure that they start bearing a little weight on that foot or starting to bear a little bit of weight through the hand. I like to take a, um, a, a big piece of plywood, put it up on a therapy table and take a scrub brush and have them scrub with a brush on that plywood, um, clockwise, counterclockwise, forward, backwards, give them some repetition, something to achieve in a certain amount of time. So it's again, goal oriented. And then they get that compression um, through that area. I may tie a two pound weight around the wrist and have them walk for five minutes uh, and just let them suspend that arm. They seem to get some good relief with that. Um, and then the other thing that I really like to do, and I uh, didn't throw it in my note today, but I'm going to edit for uh, you folks, is that um, desensitization techniques. I am huge on that. Uh, so you know, start with something that's very comfortable, some cotton, some silk, um, materials that are real, real soft, but make sure you use different materials. Um, and, and then, so you basically rub the skin, uh, with this material, let's say it's silk for a minute or two, and then change it to a cotton, which may be just a little bit rougher and then get into maybe a washcloth that has a little texture to it. And you're rubbing that tissue and trying to desensitize it a little bit so that your brain starts to recognize something other than pain all the time. Um, and so that can be helpful. I like a little bit of compression on there. Uh, so sometimes a, a very light compression sleeve or a very gentle coflex wrapping, um, which is kind of corrugated a little bit, can help with desensitization and um, to help relieve the uh, swelling from the area. So whew, there's a lot there. Um, again, the thing I want you to remember is that early recognition of uh, complex regional pain is uh, very important. Get a team approach involved, and then um, everything should be positive and goal-oriented, and you will do well with these people. These people need to be seen often. They need to be managed medically uh, and physically and psychologically, uh, and uh, you can succeed with these people. Um, they just need to uh, be well taken care of, and you need to be in charge of um, getting the group together and uh, manage these patients. So um, I know I, I loaded you folks with a ton of material here, um, but I want you most importantly to understand the common signs and symptoms and identifying this problem and uh, decreasing long-term disability and uh, pain for these people. So again, um, I hope you found this episode to be helpful and uh, hopefully not overwhelming. Uh, all of these notes will be in the uh, in the show notes of the uh, the podcast. So make sure you download those so you have them for yourself if you need to go over this again or just listen to the podcast again. You can watch these podcasts uh, on YouTube. I'm posting them on um, Ortho Eval Pal with Paul Marquis on YouTube, and so. Um, you know, if you don't want to just listen and you want to watch, that's fine. Uh, I'm a little French. I move my hands a lot. So uh, forgive me. And uh, please make sure you get to iTunes. Give us a rating and review. And if anybody uh, does a, a review and put it up there, I will make sure that I uh, shout your name out the next time uh, I do a podcast uh, to thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, make sure that you spread the word about OrthoEvalPal. Uh, the numbers are growing and uh, we really have a great following and I'm enjoying all the questions that everybody's sending me. And um, again, uh, I totally enjoy doing this. So please um, keep following and uh, we'll have an episode coming up soon and uh, take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.
are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better, faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain, or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit easyslant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant.